Hello and welcome to Abstract Anecdotes. It's a new story-based podcast dedicated to giving you a great auditory experience. I'm Shreyas. And I'm Suda. Each episode, we'll come up with a new story, some original, some pre-existing. Mostly fictional, but also with some real accounts. We voice most of the characters along with help from some of our friends. This episode is called Game Over and resolves around avid gamer Alan Green. So buckle up because you're in for a ride. We advise you to wear headphones for a better auditory experience. The couch in the living room has seen many years, many seasons. They're beautifully designed. The leather has been worn past the point of distress and now there are small tears and holes. The once bright tan colour has been bleached by the sun that streams in through the window. The hue is now a friendly soft beige, the kind you could wrap yourself in by a campfire and be cosy for the night. Underneath is white foam that hasn't seen daylight in almost 20 years. Alan turned to let himself fall onto the seat with a satisfactory thump. He breathed out a heavy sigh. He picked up the chip television remote and started surfing through the channels. He paused. He tried not to look, the faint reflection of pizza boxes and milk cartons in the room. Bouncing off the graphic screen did not distract him one bit from what the monotone voice of news said. Today, the body of Alan Green, aged 23, was found deep into the river just under the infamous bridge of Bordertown. The diagnostic has not fully conveyed whether this event was attempted suicide or murder, but all is to know is that Mr Green is indeed very much deceased. Alan's ears muted. He could only hear the buzzing sound of silence. The television should mean fantasy, looking at the life of others. Being a fly on the wall, not a poor copy of his own imaginary death. Without hesitation, he switched the old plasma screen off and knelt his body forward to rest his elbows on his knees. But, 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 but uh, I'm not dead. You are, son. Alan was mortified. There wasn't meant to be anyone else in the room, let alone the full house. Uh, who, who, uh, what are you? His body stilled, completely, once the voice spoke again. Alan Green, you are being convicted for the murder of thousands, and today is your judgment day. Confusion wasn't fast enough to swallow his facial expression, as the room suddenly dipped into black and Alan's body collapsed through the couch, screaming to hell. He appears in what seems to be a judgement room. The sound of a gavel hitting a soundboard reverberates across the room. Order! Order! An intimidating voice is heard. You, Alan Green, have been put under trial for the murder of thousands of people, both good and evil. Now that you are dead, we can judge you. Our verdict here will decide whether your soul gets to live peacefully for eternity, or if you are tortured for the same amount of time. Would you like to defend yourself, Mr. The Green? Uh, hell yeah, I would. But also, like, am I supposed to say the edge word? Also, whoa, uh, heaven and hell are real? What are heaven and hell? I mean, what you just described? I was just describing the system we follow. I have not heard of heaven or hell because I am not really aware of the things you human invented on your own. 
Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, once and for all, I have never, ever killed or thought about killing anyone. Not like even a single person. I don't even think that I have like harmed a single fly in my life. I don't even eat meat for crying out loud. We'll see about that. Okay, but I, I just swear I have killed exactly zero people in my life. Let the proceedings begin. Alan Green, do you swear on the souls of your loved ones that whatever you say will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Uh, uh, yes, I, I swear, obviously. Uh, also, isn't there, like, normally a book to swear on for one of these? Except... We actually want you to have an incentive not to lie. And let's face it, the prospect of the souls of your loved ones being damned for eternity is far more terrifying. Especially since you're dead now and have nothing else to lose. Uh, 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 okay, sure. Perfect, let's begin. Your opposition in this situation will be Mr. Advocate. Okay, this is ridiculous. Am I dreaming? Um, his name is just Mr. Advocate. Yes. Second name, Advocate. First name, Devils. I have heard that you humans like to use me in a very common idiom where you say that someone is playing me. Anyway, let's start with the crimes you have committed. More than a decade ago, you massacred over 40 people at a beach. For the innocence, might I add. Alan, do you have anything to say to that? Uh, yeah, I have never done that. I'm like more of an indoors person anyway, so I rarely visit beaches at all. Let alone shoot 40 people at, like, innocence at one. Like, I don't even have a gun. Like, this makes no sense. Except you did, Alan. You killed those 40 innocents at a beach in Miami. I have never been to Miami. The records provided to us by the accounting department of the judiciary for the dead show us that these 40 people were murdered by you at the beach. Stop lying, Mr. Allen. What can I even say to defend myself other than the fact that absolutely everything you're saying happened never actually happened? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, 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 Saying that doesn't prove your innocence, Mr. Green. You know that, right? Anyway, there are a lot of other crimes that you have committed, including the murder of 10 people in a hotel in Bangkok, eight of which were innocents. Again, I've never been to Bangkok. All of this is not true, like, Stop at all. Stop lying, Alan. <laughs> Didn't you swear on the souls of your loved ones? Do you really want them to be damned? No, I don't. Exactly. Exactly. I care about them a lot. Therefore, like, that's why I'm saying this. Like, there I can wholeheartedly confirm once again and once and for all that I have never, ever committed any of these crimes or even thought about doing any of them. God damn it. It's ridiculous. Like, these are baseless accusations. Then, uh, how can you explain why it says here that you killed 15 people? In the town of Saint Denis, dude, such a town doesn't even exist. Oh, oh. Was that a guilty? Oh, Alan. Alan doesn't respond. 
because he is thinking. Are you silently admitting to being guilty, Alan? Um, dear. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Uh, um, Mr. Advocate, um, do your records say I was. What, what, like, what I was wearing during said shootout? Let me check. Yeah, um. <clears throat> Gambler hat, buckskin coat, paisley shirt, worn jeans, and cowboy boots. So, one might say I was wearing a cowboy outfit while shooting people? How is that even relevant, Alan? Because, <laughs> and I say this with all due respect, uh, the almighty judge and devil's advocate, somehow. Uh, you idiots, this is from a video game. Sandini is a fictional town in the game Red Dead Redemption 2. God damn it. Excuse me? What is that? Uh, so you don't know what video games are now, all-knowing judge? As I said, we don't know a lot about the things humans have invented. Even if we do believe you, <laughs> we don't. How do you explain the other murders, Alan? Oh, was I? Oh, thank you. Was I wearing a black suit and red tie when I allegedly murdered the people in the hotel in Bangkok by any chance? The record says you were, yes. It's confirmed. Because that is a mission from Hitman, holy shit. <laughs> uh, oh. So, um, you are a hit for hire who took a mission in Bangkok? No, it's not actually me, dummy. Uh, Hitman is a game where a bold man in a black suit and red tie assassinates people. <laughs> is that a metaphor? That doesn't even make any sense, respected judge. <laughs> hey, um, uh, Delos, uh, was I wearing a light blue shirt with tree designs on, like, during the beach genocide? Was the beach called Vice Point by any chance? Those are both true, yes. Because I did that in GTA Vice City! Oh my god. <laughs> Wait a second. Maybe you actually know these details because you actually did it. And now you're trying to throw us off by saying it's from games. I mean, I technically did it, but they were fictional people in a digital medium. I have never actually taken any human lives. Mind, this is ridiculous. Say we do buy what you're saying for a second and uh, believe that you didn't kill anyone. You do know that capturing animals and making them fight for money is super unethical, right? Dude, that's Pokemon you're talking about. I'm not a scumbag, hence I don't actually capture animals to make them fight for a profit. That seems sounds so wrong when saying it out loud. Holy shit, Nintendo, what were you thinking? So, these Pokemon creatures aren't actual animals. No, no, they're fictional beings, loosely based on animals who have many different abilities. I do not um, believe a single word this guy is saying. I'm gonna be completely honest right here. Um, uh, judge, uh, can we please uh, get uh, the audio recording of what this guy was doing when said things were happening? I, I think that would really help it. I'm sure we can do that, Mr. Advocate. 
Neville's advocate looks up for the clip and plays it as Alan looks at him nervously. <laughs> this is concrete evidence right here, Alan, that you did indeed commit all these crimes that you are being accused of. This is what you were saying when you were killing those people in Saint Denis. Here's proof. <laughs> Die scumbags. <laughs> and this clip is from the hotel in Bangkok where you were drowning a man inside a toilet seat until they died, Alan. <laughs> well, he's gone for sure. <laughs> oh my god. Devils, you are absolutely insane. This... I wasn't saying that while, like, doing it. I, I, I was playing a game and people say things while playing a game. It, it's normal. Oh, I was like, you know... Oh my god, how do I even explain this? That's more than enough evidence for me, Alan. You can stop lying and making up stories because I think I have reached a judgement. Alan's expression visibly shifts as the judge is about to make the verdict. You will be crowned guilty and convicted of your crimes, Alan Green. No! Alan screeched, but his plea fell silent upon the ears. Time paced slower as the judge's gavel advanced towards the sound block. An invisible hand collapsed over his mouth. An equally ghostly hypodemic of adrenaline pierced his heart. Unloading in an instant, he felt his ribs heaving as if bound by ropes, straining to inflate his lungs. His head was a carousel of fears spinning out of control, each one pushing his mind into blackness. He wanted to run. The doors began to bang, and voices rose the correspondent of panic. Without peeking around the still hardwood, you would think a beast the size of a horse is demanding entrance. But no, it was quite the opposite. A small and lean male character, clothed in a checkered grey suit, forced his entry through the doors. Not so subtly skidding his unpolished dress shoes against the court's tile floor. He was clearly out of breath and out of shape. This unruly man introduced himself as Geoffrey Numbers, the head of the accounting department of the judiciary for the dead. The department's job is to make a note of every action a person has committed throughout their life and to send them to the judiciary for evaluation. What is the meaning of this intrusion, Geoffrey? This is a private court judgment, as you can so bluntly see. Your Honor, but this matter certainly cannot wait. The man was a stuttering mess. His hair was perfect mop of red. It would have been lion-like had he not been so skinny. Well, what is it then? The judge's brow creased and face tense. It appears as there was a minor error with the amount of killing in Mr. Green's case. Alan's ears packed. What do you mean a minor error? And which type of error? It seems as though these killings which Mr. Green has committed are actually fictional crimes that he committed in what humans call video games. It was in that moment of absolute silence that no one spoke a word, and the judgement of Alan Green halted. 
Then a look of shocked surprise came into the face of the judge and Alan had leaned back into his chair and was laughing uproariously. Alan Green was proven innocent. The accountant's words was enough to prove that. As compensation for being wrongfully put on trial for crimes he did not commit, Alan was granted the choice to decide what kind of afterlife he wanted. Alan's answer was surprising, yet obvious. An eternity full of video games. <laughs>